All right, let's test this out. Can you all hear me okay? Am I mic'd? There we go. Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> I still feel so new to this community. We moved here a year ago. Actually, on Tuesday, it'll be a full year. Um, and I'm very grateful and humbled to be given the time and the space to share a message with you. Um, so I'm Lindsay. I'm also female, a mom, and I'm fairly young, and I don't know about you, but I don't often get to hear from young mothers up on a Sunday morning. So this morning, I want to share from you, not from the space of, um, I'm not Robert Terrell, I'm not George Groves, my dad was a pastor for 35 years in the Methodist Church, um, maybe more than that, Lisa can correct me. My sister is here from Germany today. Um, and I'm not another female preacher. I am Lindsay Grove Souser. I'm a 30-year-old mom. And so to start off our message, I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about myself. So I'm a mom of a toddler. My daughter is two and a half. She's almost three in one more, two more months. Um, and I wrote some of this sermon while watching Moana on the couch with her. I adore being outside. I absolutely love it. And right now my favorite winter hobbies are um, running in the snow and skiing. When I'm inside, I like to read. I like making food. I like creating beautiful somethings, like mostly food and sometimes just decorating rooms. It fills me up a lot. Um, and I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And most of the jobs that I've had have overlapped in education, program and event planning, and writing. I'm a very hands-on person, and I love teaching and doing. Today, Robert has reminded me to pick one single thing to talk about and to pick something that I care about or have experience with. So this is my shot. Today, I'll be talking about why the body of Christ needs each other and how asking for help is a healthy spiritual discipline. Today, we'll be reading in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26. So I'll give you a couple minutes or a couple seconds to um, turn in your bulletin or your Bible or your phone or read along on the screen with me. Just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker 
are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. The word of the Lord. So do you know what I got from this text for most of my life? And now this is going to seem so silly, but I am made for serving the body of Christ. And I am one of the most important special parts of the body of Christ. So you can laugh at that because that's an absurd statement that I think that I am the most special part of the body and I exist just to serve other people. That's why we're part of the body of Christ, right? And there's a lot of good that can be had from the mindset of being a servant. However, I interpreted this text like I'm the heart of the body of Christ. Or, I am the most special, most unique part of the body of Christ, and without me, this body doesn't function. Hey, everyone, look at how good I am at pumping out blood to the rest of the body. Look at how necessary and vital I am. Look at how much power and strength I can wield in the body of Christ through my service. My job is to pump out blood and serve the rest of the body and bless all the other parts of the body by excelling at what I was made to do. So in fact, I've lived most of my life as if the heart were the only part of the body and that I don't need the rest of the parts of the body to function. And if I needed other people, that would mean that there was something wrong with me. Now, I'm not going to make you stand up, but I'd love to nail in my message with a song and just to make sure that everyone is paying attention. So as you're sitting there, can you please sing with me the children's song, Head and Shoulders, Knees and Toes? Okay, so head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Eyes, ears, nose, and nose, and mouth. There you go. Head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Now, I won't make you do that again, but it's just a good reminder. We're all connected. All of the parts of the body are connected, and we all need each other. Most of my life, I have been extremely confident and a very competent individual. And we've got a reprise back there. Feel free just to come up here and join me next time, Henry. Or is that Ray? Oh, they're singing in the back. Way to go. Um, I have been very successful and very self-sufficient. My family tells me about how I would be in charge of making taco meat for the family when I was just a little bit older than Thea was. And I would remember standing on a chair at the stove, putting in cumin and chili and garlic powder and mixing it up and feeling like, yes, this is like the main part of the dish. I am a very important part of this family. I can do this by myself. My toddler also has that mindset. I can do it by myself. And I love that. 
Um, but I figured out how to get love and attention at school by performing in school musicals and getting choir solos and getting straight A's. I got the attention and love that I wanted by performing and being successful. And when I was in my young 20s, I decided to travel to a foreign country on my own after graduating from college because I was fearless and I could do anything by myself. And I wanted to serve and bless the people of Tanzania and share Christ's love and light with them. I was raised in a culture that valued giving and serving and being so self-sufficient that you don't need help from other people. I was raised in a culture that looked at these verses on the whole and said, if you want to be the heart of the body, you can be the heart of the body. You can do anything that you set your mind to. I figured out how to get the things I needed seemingly on my own, which by the way is a lie. We all need each other. And the worst part of all of this is that being a self-sufficient achiever worked for me for a very long time. I learned how to cook and take care of my family, and I took so much pride in doing that. I loved the smug feeling I had when I didn't have to ask my parents for college money because I had earned scholarships. I landed the jobs that I wanted, and I was confident at school and then later in the workplace or when I traveled abroad to Tanzania at 22 with minimal language training. Tanzania is not an easy country to get around in, just in general. I don't recommend sending your 22-year-olds there. I not only bought into the lie of the American dream, but I also bought into the lie of the prosperity gospel. The American dream says that if you work hard enough on your own, you can do or be anything that you want to be. And the American prosperity gospel claims that if you, as an individual, follow God's rules, you will be blessed with financial wealth and physical well-being all the days of your life. I saw hard work as a recipe for success, and I equated success with God's love and favor, and the favor and love of others. I functioned in the world like I didn't need others, but that others certainly needed me. I know. I functioned in the world like I didn't need God, but that God needed me. It dumbfounded me one day when someone told me that I needed to confess my sins every day. What sins, I thought. I don't sin every day. Like maybe on Friday. Friday, we had that thing, Jason, where I yelled at you. But on Saturday, no, I was really good yesterday. I, I'm fine. I don't need to ask God for forgiveness. So I'm serious. That was my worldview and still is sometimes. I'm not perfect at any of this. I'm preaching as a very humble person. This is not something I am good at. I was raised in the church and I knew that I needed love from a gracious God, but surely I didn't make mistakes every day. That would be outrageous. What kind of God wants to befriend and love someone who is that imperfect? I committed my life to loving and serving God at a young age, largely because I thought it was the right thing to do. Maybe some of you can resonate with that. It also earned me a status place of love and acceptance in my family. I grew up in a place where being a Christian was the norm. And there's a lot of good in that. But you also need to sit with that for a little bit and be reminded of what that does to your body and your mind and your heart. When I examine this thinking in hindsight, I can recognize that this sort of self-dependence and perfectionism 
was just a form of making an idol out of my own abilities. Making false idols is sinful, just as a reminder. Not needing God and not needing others, this is sin, my friends. It's sin because it misses the mark of what is true about our humanity and about God's reality. The things that used to work for me, being a self-sufficient achiever, being a servant who serves others but needs nothing for herself, those things aren't working for me anymore. My life and my perspective shifted when Thea was born and I became a mother. Becoming a parent is life-altering in any scenario, but our daughter was born on March 17, 2020, which was the day that the global pandemic locked down our city in Milwaukee, where we were living at the time. And for the first three months of Thea's life, not a single person held her except for Jason or myself. We had no one enter our home except for the two of us. We were fully responsible for feeding her, changing her, loving her, being up in the middle of the night with her. We saw no one inside of our four walls, and the world outside of our four walls was on fire, contagious, um, everyone was terrified of COVID-19 because we really just didn't know what was going on. And Jason and I were exhausted new parents who were absolutely shocked at the changes in our own four walls and then the changes in the world at large. I quickly realized that if I tried to be everything for my daughter, I would burn out way too fast. I'm going to even rephrase that. I still tried to be everything for my daughter, and I burned out way too fast. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. In those early days of mothering, and raise your hand, anyone who has struggled with any of these things. I was sleep deprived, I was struggling with postpartum depression and rage. And the learning curve for new parents is very, very, very steep. I needed to ask for help, and I needed other people to function. I needed lactation consultants, mental health specialists, and friends to walk with me and be outside of the house with me. We needed our family members to visit and celebrate new life with us, and eventually they did. We needed meals delivered to us because when on earth do you have time to cook with a new baby? And you guys all know this back there. Listen up, everybody. The body of Christ needs each other. And for many of us, asking for help is a healthy spiritual discipline that we don't practice enough. Now, I've been saying spiritual discipline, but a spiritual discipline is just something that brings us closer to God. Like lamentation is a spiritual discipline, Confession is a discipline. Celebration. Someone 
I heard someone say that wearing your favorite jeans can be a spiritual discipline, anything that brings you closer to God. So I submit to you also, Tapestry, that asking for help is a spiritual discipline because it brings us closer to God and to one another. Our culture is so individualistic. We think that asking for help shows weakness, but guess what? God blesses weakness. We think that we are inconveniencing our neighbors when we ask for something, and guess what? Our God came to earth in the form of a helpless baby. This might sound unholy to you, but Jesus, as a little baby, needed his bottom wiped. Raise your hand if you've ever changed a diaper before. Jesus was a baby. Jesus was human. He was completely dependent on others to survive for his first years of existence. This is a holy God. In the Gospels, we see Jesus enter friends and strangers' homes for meals and ask for water while on a journey. Before the divine and human person of Christ went to the cross, he asked his disciples to be with him so that he would not have to be alone in his hours before going to the cross. This is a reversal of the power dynamic that I think I understand. God in humility showed up with great needs in the human story. And when we show up with great needs to others, we reflect the realities of the human condition given to us by God. Asking for help is a healthy spiritual discipline because it accurately reminds us that we are human (laughs) and we are lowly, yet we are made in God's image and we are worthy of being taken care of. We are made in God's image and we are worthy of being taken care of. If God in his holy divinity shows up to the body of Christ as a child and a grown man with needs, then we too can be blessed by showing up as children and grown-ups with needs to those around us. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Praise God, my friends. We need each other. Praise God. Even if I was the heart of the body, I would need the coronary arteries to do their work for me to function. I need the blood to carry oxygen. I need skin to hold it all in. And I'm not a biologist, but I could bet you that there are hundreds of thousands of systems in place that the heart needs to work with in order for my body to be standing here to be sharing this message with you. Listen up. The body of Christ needs each other. Asking for help is a healthy spiritual discipline. This brings us closer to one another and makes us more Christ-like. Now, I'm not saying that you should stop serving at at place of peace or babysitting your friends who just had a new baby or babysitting for them. Not, not that you would babysit your friends. You could. Maybe that would be helpful and nice. We all know Clancy. But I am challenging you this week to try something new in asking for help. So I have some application options for you this week, and we can put it up on the screen behind us. Maybe we... Oh, we don't have them. They're in the bulletin. Okay, so application options. Option one is to spend some time in prayer this week asking God to reveal what you need. Perhaps you don't know what you need. Most of us have been raised to be independent problem solvers because that's what Americans value. I encourage you this week to spend time in prayer and consider areas where you are being too independent 
to the detriment of yourself and the body of Christ. The exercise of admitting your neediness in God's presence is life-changing and holy. Option two, if need is difficult for you to admit, consider asking God how he receives you in your neediness. What does God think of you when you are in need, broken, weak, depressed, lonely, ashamed, anxious, irrational, or fill in the blank with whatever you are struggling to admit as need? It might be helpful for you to write down the ways in which you are blessed when someone asks you for help. Option three is to ask someone outside of your home for help with something this week. So we've been new to this place, and I feel like Tapestry is amazing at jumping in whenever we need something. We always have had, we've had neighbors that have called us to make sure that we are okay when the electricity goes out, or friends who have come over and stood on our house to help get a tree limb outside, off of the top of our, of our house that has fallen down. But we had to ask for some of those things. Um, so some ideas is maybe it's admitting that you're lonely and asking a friend to talk with you on a walk this week. Maybe this week you ask a friend to watch your kids so you can do something for yourself. Maybe it's asking a neighbor for a literal cup of sugar. Do you know your neighbor's names? You should. This is not shame up here, it's just, just do it. Um, maybe it's asking a friend if they can show you how to knit a special pattern or tie a knot or share their hobby with you. Maybe it's asking your guests to help you wash dishes before they leave. So I'm going to give you a minute in your tables or a minute at home for those of you watching online and um, decide to yourselves, decide what you would like to focus on this week, option one, two, or three. And when you have decided, I would like for you to give me a thumbs up. We've got some thumbs. We've got some more thumbs. Okay, I think we've got most everyone. Next, I want you to share with someone at your table which option you chose. And I want you to ask them, or to say to them, I'm going to practice option fill in the blank this week and I need some help to remember to do this. Will you check in on me this week to make sure that I follow through with what I said I would do this week? Okay. So turn to one another, discuss your options, and ask for help. All right, that's wonderful, everybody. As you wrap up your conversations, I want to just remind you that I am a hands-on practical teacher, so I will probably always make you do things if I'm up here talking. Um, 
But look at us, we're asking for help from one another. We are becoming more Christ-like as a community together. In this season of motherhood, in a new town, and in a pandemical and post-pandemical life, I'm looking for new ways of living where I actually have the courage to ask God and other people for help. In closing today, I want to share with you my favorite version of the Lord's Prayer. It's written from the First Nations Bible. Um, and it's so very practical. The reason that I read this every morning is because it lays out our needs very physically, and sometimes I also ask God, what do I need emotionally today? What do I need mentally today? What do I need spiritually today? God doesn't promise that he's going to give us enough for the week. He promises to give us enough for each day. And sometimes it's each moment, and that's okay. There's no shame in that. So if this is something that you want to take with you this week, I encourage you um, to take home your bulletin. They've written out the First Nations version of this. And it's in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. O great spirit, our Father from above, we honor your name as sacred and holy. Bring your good road to us, where the beauty of your ways in the spirit world above are reflected in the earth below. Provide for us day by day the elk, the buffalo, and the salmon, the corn, the squash, and the wild rice, all the things we need for each day. Release us from the things we have done wrong in the same way we release others for the things done wrong to us. Guide us away from the things that tempt us to stray from your good road and set us free from the evil one and his worthless ways. Aho, may it be so. Tapestry, may you be blessed today to not only be a serving member of the body of Christ, but also a receiving member of the body of Christ. May you give others the opportunity to bless you. May you ask for help in the small things and the big things alike. May you become more Christ-like by asking for what you need. Amen. And our closing doxology, yeah, you guys all know. It's just praise God from whom all blessings go. You got it. Yes. Yes, does anyone have anything to add or a question? Mm-hmm. And uh, often we definitely fall into this mindset of I'm supposed to provide, and somehow or another not providing uh, is, is simple. Mm-hmm. Whereas with mission, we don't ask for help. Maybe that is simple. That's self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who might, you may have seen this, the sticker that says, be prepared to self-rescue. And we, we live lives like that quite often. And that's dependence upon ourselves. Anyone else? Okay. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and
Be blessed, Tapestry.